So the fairy princess knew her time on Earth was almost over. Even though she wanted to stay, she began to float higher and higher, right up into the sky. And that night, a new star appeared in the heavens. A star so bright, it was almost... Dazzling. Got it. Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalogue all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. I am Christy and I'm here with my friend and co-host Bree. Hello! And we are here today to talk about the fairy princess Secret of the Crystal, also known as Dazzle. Oh. So, so Christy... We sort of mm-hmm. eased back into recording with, with some nice ones. We did the Barbie, the Princess and the Pauper. That was a fun little film. And then last we did Princess Arate, and it was that was lovely. And now we're back in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah. returned. It's, oh. it's kind of like a weird mood whiplash for you on this podcast where oh. I'm... I'm I'm kind of like I'm giving you these bad movies as punishment, but every so often you get a good movie <laughs> that maybe gives you a little bit of hope for the future. Uh, oh, maybe this one won't be so bad, and that's when I get you. We had two in a row that were really nice. Mm-hmm. And then there's and now there's there's this one. That's <laughs> when you get you gotta you gotta amp like aim for like the most. Like you lull into a sense of of yeah, of security, comfortable, yeah. and then bam. It also it definitely kind of helps to make uh, the bad movies that much worse when you can oh. compare them with with a nice movie that you enjoy. God. And this isn't this also isn't the worst you've ever showed me, but yeah, I think it packs more of a punch because it's been been a. Uh, it's following two good ones. Yeah, we've had it. We've had it too good for too long. We gotta get start getting uh, back into the bad ones here. God, uh, to give a bit of history about this movie. Uh, so yes, this film. It was originally titled Dazzle, but the edition that I showed Bree, the DVD, has it as the Fairy Princess: Secret of the Crystal. Uh, so this one was released in 1999, and it stars Maxwell Caulfield, uh, who was a British actor who, if you are like me, is most notable for his role as Michael in the musical Grease 2. I have never seen Grease 2. So oh my god, Brie. I, I just saw this, like, Hugh Jackson-looking <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm like, alright, he's fine, oh, I guess. No. I, my mom in particular, she loved the original Grease movie, and by extension, she had a lot of fondness for Grease too. Um, so I kind of grew up with that same fondness, but I hadn't seen the movie in quite a long time. Uh, I I had it on DVD as like a you know I think I it must have been a bargain bin or a thrift store find one day that I just picked it up, um, and it wasn't until. I, I just had a night where I had a friend over and we were trying to find something to watch and we put on Grease 2 and oh my fucking god, that what a terribly enjoyable movie. Holy crap. <laughs> See, I also, like, my parents also liked Grease 
we had when I was very little, we had like a vinyl record player, and one of the ones that me and my little brothers would always want to like put on and dance to was the Grease soundtrack. So I've got mm-hmm. fond memories of Grease, but I definitely never I saw that there was a Grease too. I was aware of its existence, but I never <laughs> sought that one out. I was like, you know. It's you, I think, we're, I'm going to have to make you watch Grease 2 at some point. Oh, no. It's magical. It's, it's essentially, it is the first movie, but the, the roles reverse. So now it's about a nerdy boy oh. who wants to win over the cool girl. And uh-huh. every song is about sex. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that, that was sort of Grease 1 as well, though. It, it sort of was, but I feel like Grease 1 it did it in a way that it was a bit classier. Yeah. But, like, um, Grease 2, for example, uh, there's a whole song about reproduction, and it's just literally, oh. it's reproduction, reproduction, and they're, and they're singing in a classroom, <laughs> so it's all about, um, like, flowers and... Oh, and okay. Uh, make my stamen go berserk. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and there's also uh, the song they sing when they're going bowling, which is, we're going to score tonight. We're going to okay. score tonight. <laughs> okay. All right, Grease 2, calm down. <laughs> they're so good. Oh, my God. There's there's a song where um, a guy has tried to trick his girlfriend into having sex with him by oh. making her, by getting her into a bomb shelter and making her think that um, that America has been attacked and what? so he's and so he starts singing that we need to do it for our country. What? Or what he's, the fuck? He's like, I'm gonna go. F- I have to go fight <laughs> the war. That's just broken out, baby. So we gotta. We should just have sex. What? And then, I, and, yeah. I don't want to see Grease too. <laughs> oh, but it's so dumb. <laughs> God. Well, all that to say, I had no idea who this dude was. But I 100% did, and so when I, so this came up in one of my routine searches for princess movies, and I oh. had to find out, <laughs> I, I just had to see Maxwell Caulfield in something else, especially because uh, Grease 2 kind of ruined his career a little bit. Oh, no. Because it flopped so badly, uh, like, he was, uh. he was kind of regarded as an up-and-coming star, and then Grease 2 flopped, and it kind of... <gasps> shot him way to the bottom of uh his hollywood career and so i guess stuff like uh dazzle slash the fairy princess secret of the crystal is kind of what he had to resort to oh that's sad like he looks like the kind of dude that could because he's not a bad actor and he seems like the kind of dude that could have done well that sucks yeah it is a travesty, especially with Poor how guy. much with how much joy Grease 2 has brought me. <laughs> You're apparently one of the few. Yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, so I, I was very excited to check this one out. So much so <laughs> that um, I'm kind of breaking my rule about princess movies here. Yeah, the, she's not a... I was, I was getting to the end of this film and I'm like, 
There's no princesses in here, Christy. No, this I... This is a princessless film. I apologize. This is definitely, although... It tricked me. I know. Well, it does. It does try to trick you. Although the DVD clearly says the fairy princess, she is She is not a princess. She's nope. just a regular fairy. She's just and, a fairy. And also, there is no secret about the crystal. No. <laughs> There's no secrets whatsoever. I, yeah. It's all of the titles a lie. Yeah, so this is this is definitely uh, one of the movies that I am kind of fudging it a bit. That's fine. I just we, I we've fudged it before and we'll do it again. Yes, exactly. And I think it's worth it to again see what Maxwell Caulfield got up to after Grease Two. Yeah. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, I think it is time to go over the summary for. Dazzle slash the secret of the fairy princess. Or secret fairy fairy princess secret, secret bullshit. Secret crystal shit thing. The sh- the sh- <laughs> I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna refer to it as Dazzle from here on out. Yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck the second title. Yeah. T- take oh. us t- spread your fairy wings, Christy, and take us away on a magical journey. Oh thank you, Brie. I shall. Oh. <laughs> That's what the fairies sound like, I guess. Ah. Ah. <clears throat> but yes, here we go. <laughs> the movie begins and we are introduced to Tom Nightingale and his daughter, Melissa. Tom is a famous children's book author known for his series on fairies, who is struggling to write a new book as he has been plagued by writer's block ever since the untimely passing of his wife two years earlier. Well, fairies don't die, sweetheart. They become new stars, watching over us. Do you think there's a new star up there for Mummy? I'm sure there is, Melissa. Is that why you sometimes go outside at night and just stare at the sky? Good night, my darling. Unbeknownst to Melissa and Tom, a real-life fairy has been joining their bedtime story sessions. That night, the fairy ends up being chased by Tom's dog through the woods outside his house, and she suddenly ends up colliding head-on with a tree. The fairy falls to the ground unconscious, and she suddenly grows into an adult-sized, naked, human woman. The disoriented fairy finds her way to Tom's doorway, passing out in his arms as soon as he opens the door. Thanks to some incredibly bad advice from his publisher, Tom decides to let the woman, who mumbles her name Crystal, stay at his home for the night. Crystal's only possession is a small crystal necklace, which she wears around her neck. The next day, Crystal is brought to the hospital, where she is diagnosed with temporary amnesia. Crystal is left behind at the hospital to recover, with Tom happily assuming that life will now get back to normal. Unfortunately, all is not well with Crystal. She is visited in her hospital room by the menacing figure named the Collector. I know who you are. You do? They call me the Collector. In exactly one week from today, you're mine. mine. 
He then disappears, and Crystal is so scared by the encounter that she decides to sneak out of the hospital. Meanwhile, two gnomes named Odkin and Bodkin have arrived in the mortal world. They are here as agents of Fairyland, sent to track down Crystal and bring her back. Unfortunately, their efforts to find Crystal result in them getting arrested. While in a holding cell, they are visited by the Collector, who uses magic to fake an arrest warrant for the two gnomes, preventing them from finding Crystal. Back at Tom's house, Crystal arrives, having found her way back to Tom's thanks to a business card he left at the hospital. Melissa appeals to her father, begging him to let Crystal stay with them. Unable to say no to his daughter, Tom agrees. Crystal generally makes a nuisance of herself at Tom's house, cleaning Tom's CDs with a scrub brush, preparing meals using flowers and other items from the garden. Throughout all of this, Miss Martinette, Melissa's teacher, has been obsessively pursuing Tom, and she is incredibly jealous of Crystal's presence in Tom's life. After failing to convince Tom that Crystal is dangerous, Miss Martinette forces a kiss on him. Crystal walks in on this, which leads to an argument between her and Tom. I'm not upset about Miss Martinet. You're not? No! I just assumed it was the custom for single men to fall onto the floor and touch lips with their daughter's teacher in science class. While the argument starts off about the kiss, it becomes an argument about how Tom is locking himself away from the world. Tom angrily yells at Crystal to stay out of his life, and she runs off. Tom pursues her, immediately regretful of his harsh words. He catches up with Crystal, and the conversation turns to Tom's late wife. Crystal mentions that, in a way, she and Tom have the same problem. Crystal can't remember, and Tom can't forget. The two fully reconcile, nearly kissing before being interrupted by Tom's car rolling away downhill. The next day, Crystal ends up throwing Tom a surprise party for his birthday. Unfortunately, the party is interrupted by the reappearance of Odkin and Bodkin, who used a bit of magic to clear things up at the police station. They try to escort Crystal away, but in the commotion, Crystal ends up falling and hitting her head on a table. Odkin and Bodkin end up getting arrested again, while Crystal remains unconscious. The next day, Crystal wakes up and reveals that the fall has restored her memories. She reveals to Tom and Melissa that she is indeed a magic fairy, proving her identity with a show of magic, facilitated by her crystal necklace, which is the source of her power. The fun doesn't last for long, however, as Crystal reveals to Tom that, while she would love to stay with him in the mortal world, she has to return to the fairy world by tomorrow night, or the Collector will come for her. Unable to get more detail from Crystal, Tom bails Odkin and Bodkin out of jail to grill them for more information. The Collector? Who is he? Don't even think about it. Nobody stops the Collector. He's a bounty hunter from the world of darkness. When he goes after a missing fairy, he never gives up. Sorry, kid. If Crystal's not back by tomorrow night, and the moon's at its zenith, the Collector will find her and reduce her to essence. And let me tell you, for a fairy, that means death. All hope is not lost, however, as there is apparently a ritual that can be performed to turn a fairy into a mortal. Unfortunately, Odkin and Bodkin don't know how to perform the ritual. Before anything can be done with that, however, Melissa's class is performing a play. Tom tells Crystal that he'll meet her at the school. Meanwhile, Tom stays behind to research the ritual. 
Tom manages to find a Celtic legend that gives them the instructions they need, including mention that the fairy has to perform a selfless act of love. There is unfortunately a huge downside to the spell. Once a fairy becomes mortal, she not only loses her magic powers, but also her memory. During the play, as part of the performance, Melissa is hoisted up with a rope and pulley, but the rope begins to fray. In the nick of time, Crystal uses a bit of magic to prevent Melissa from falling on the hard ground. The play ends and Crystal, Melissa, and Tom are forced to make their escape as the Collector has arrived. They run into the woods to the designated ceremony site. They begin the spell, but the Collector appears and uses magic to bind Tom to a tree. Crystal offers herself up to the Collector, but Melissa tries to intervene. Melissa is still wearing her fairy costume from the play, and so the Collector believes her to be another runaway fairy. He tries to steal Melissa's essence, but Crystal uses her body to shield Melissa from the Collector's magic. Tom breaks free from his bonds and tries to stop the Collector. He's easily thrown off, but it's revealed in the short scuffle that Tom has managed to steal the Collector's own necklace, which apparently he has and was the source <laughs> of his own power. Tom smashes the pendant, and with that, the Collector is destroyed. Unfortunately, Crystal appears to be dying. She tells Tom to never stop believing, and then she disappears into a cloud of golden dust, which floats off into the night. Sometime later, we cut to Miss Martinette, who, having witnessed Crystal using magic to save Melissa, has seemingly gone mad from the revelation. Rambling about fairies to an empty classroom, Miss Martinette is escorted off the premises by the headmaster, which is witnessed by Tom and Melissa. Tom takes the time to sign his new book for a fan, a book that he wrote based on his experience with Crystal. At this moment, Melissa's new teacher is revealed, and it's Crystal! Her act of love to protect Melissa allowed her to be reborn as a human, and thanks to Odkin and Bodkin's intervention, her memories and magic are still intact. The film ends with Crystal and Tom happily reunited, and more importantly, Odkin and Bodkin congratulating themselves on a job well done. Off to celebrate with a couple of cheeseburgers, and plans to start their own detective agency in the human world. The Odkin and Bodkin Detective Agency. Oh no, I was thinking more, um, Bodkin and Associates. Who's the associate? Well, you. Me? What? Why, why me? Why am I the associate? It's a very important position, being an associate. Ah. You'll nearly earn as much money as me. Here, here. Hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. That's not right, you know. The why? end. And if you zoned out during that, <laughs> that's kind of the experience of watching this movie. <laughs> Good. Not, not, that you're, that, not that your summary was bad, Christy. No, no, no. Just, yeah. Just that that's sort of the experience of watching this film. Is that it just goes for a long time. <laughs> that that was your experience? This this one for me, I <sighs> I I, I kind of remarked to you in in um kind of messages off the podcast that the more I watched this one, the more I kinda hated it. Yeah, I can see that. I already first watch, I was just Ugh. It it wasn't until I rewatched this film for the podcast that I realized that this film feels 
a lot like a movie that we looked at previously, which was Princess, A Modern Fairy Tale. Ah, uh, yes. You you have a male protagonist who is feeling lost in life. Uh, so with Tom, he... It's kind of remarked that he apparently hasn't left the house in several months, and he's very reclusive, and he, he's in mourning over the loss of his wife. Um, and so Tom, like, uh, what's his face from Princess and Modern Fairy Tale? Oh, couldn't tell you his name. It's, it's long gone from my brain. I've already, I've already repressed that memory. Um, but... You know, so the, the protagonist, he meets a woman and she's this kind of weird, but she's also a very nice woman. And it's later revealed that she's actually magical. And this magical woman is plagued by a big problem with there's this element of a ticking clock and there's this very distinct <laughs> deadline and they have to solve the big problem or bad things will happen to the magical woman. And while they're doing that... The, the man and the woman, they fall in love, but you kind of hate to see them fall in love because uh, they ha it's a, not a great relationship. Only an, and only an average human man can save her. Yeah, oh yes. An average human man who's got some weird, like, toxic attitudes about... <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, boy. And that... And that kind of I that kind of also made me think of Princess of Modern Fairy Tale because the protagonist in that was kind of uh, a big jerk sometimes. Uh-huh. And, and I feel like Tom in this film is also kind of a big jerk. Um, uh-huh. The main one being the fight that he has with Crystal. Well, okay, actually probably before that. I guess maybe if we want to go in order. Um <laughs> So chronologically. Yeah, so hypothetically, Brie, um, if late one night you had a, a woman show up at your uh, door uh -huh. with a big old, big old bruise on her head, she's completely naked and disoriented, um, what do you think your first move would be? Oh boy. Well, she probably needs medical attention pretty quick. Okay, so that's that's an interesting uh, interesting choice. Um, now, say what if instead of seeking uh, either police or medical help, you instead phoned your publisher to ask him and his weird son to come over and and gawk at this woman as she lays unconscious on your couch. Well, Christy, I'd say that would be a pretty fucked up thing to do. Are you? Mm. Oh, so, mm. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine. Yeah, so it's, he specifically, he, yeah, he phones his publisher, and he's like, uh, you better come over here right now. And it's just, it leads to this awkward scene of these three men just kind of standing around and just, like, discussing what to do with this, like, naked woman who's clearly in distress. Yeah, clearly in distress, and... It's just, yeah, it's a very weird scene because, like, she, so she's still naked, but she, like, Tom at least gave her a blanket. Um, and there's a lot of comments about her being naked. Like, they're kind of, they're always kind of joking about it. Um, On the, the, they're like, how do we find out who she is? She didn't have any ID and the, the publisher's son, whatever his name is. 
Mark. Uh, he's like, well, what if we, you know, check her over for identifying tattoos or birthmarks? And you're like, cool, man. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And cool. they kind of just, like, give him, like, a look like, oh, you. Oh, you silly guy wanting to. <laughs> yeah. And he, and it's <sighs> just, it's, this is one of those films that. I like I don't know what specific age group that they were aiming for, but it does feel like it it was for younger kids or like I Oh yeah. But like they definitely have some some jokes and stuff in there that are not for little kids. But that yeah. is definitely the age group that this is supposed to be for. Yeah, and it's just <sighs> so with that in mind, it's like the movie the movie doesn't intend for the weird jokes about Crystal being naked and that whole setup where there, you know, there's this unconscious woman being watched by these three men commenting on her body. It's not meant to be threatening. You're, it's supposed to just be like, you, oh, haha, he's, isn't it funny that he, you know, oh, she's naked and he's a man and he wants to see her naked and you're just supposed to laugh at it. Yeah. As an adult woman, it's uncomfortable as shit. Yeah, it's it's it was just like, oh, cool. I'm just cringing out of my skin here. Get yeah. out of here. There's a there's a couple uh, instances of this is definitely <laughs> this was definitely made 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in this film, that I was just like, yeah, movie, yeah. We're yeah, just, we're gonna throw this out here. Cool. Yeah, are you, are cool, you cool, talking cool, cool. talking about the the uh, jokes with uh, Odkin and Bodkin's prison mate? Ugh. Yep. Yeah, especially that. Yeah. So, uh, <sighs> Odkin and Bodkin, uh, so they get locked up in this holding cell, and they are with a person who, uh, like, it's it's like one of those like reveal kind of like gag things you know, quote, heavy quotes around the gag. Um, but the, uh, they're locked up in a holding cell with a person who has a visible beard, who is wearing a robe, some lingerie, uh, and makeup. And this person starts making kissy faces at Odkin and Bodkin who are uncomfortable. And that's kind of the, that's, that's the joke. Um, yeah. The joke is, ew, gay slash trans person yeah yeah like i i don't know if they intended for the the person in the dress to be a trans woman a drag queen or even just a cis man who likes to wear dresses but regardless yeah it's it's it is very dated because regardless of how the person in the dress identifies themselves it's pretty clear that the film just wants you to laugh at them because yeah. of how they look that the 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 idea is not think about this and what and who this person could be it's haha man in a dress funny mm-hmm. yeah and and kind of furthermore their their actions towards Odkin and bodkin kind of reinforces some unfortunate stereotypes of basically yeah. anybody who doesn't fit into traditional gender roles where the, the where they're acting kind of predatory towards yeah. two people who are not receptive whatsoever and yeah. it's and it's all played for laughs yeah it's 
It's... It's gross. It is... Yeah. The, this another one of those moments that it reminded me of Princess of Modern Fairy Tale. Yeah. Because if you remember in that one, they had those weird quote-unquote jokes about lesbians. Mm-hmm. And yep. and Dazzle has these jokes about uh, gender. And they also had a line, too, where um, Tom reveals to oh, yeah. the publisher that the publisher and the publisher's son mark um that crystal's a fairy and the mark the son he just kind of goes oh you mean she's gay <laughs> which is a bad joke i did laugh a little bit at it just because <laughs> it's like oh you mean she's gay <laughs> it's like mm. oh, goodness. Hmm. wow Okay, okay, movie. I'm, <laughs> I, I, you got a giggle from me, but it's not the one you wanted. Yeah, it's not. It's was it was it a well earned giggle? No. Yeah, so there's <sighs> definitely just a lot of this. Again, this one was 1999, so there's you kind of expect really dated as hell jokes in in a movie like this, but at the same time, it doesn't really make it any less uncomfortable to watch them. Yeah, yeah. It's always jarring when you watch a film from 20 years ago and there's there's these jokes thrown in and you're like, oh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, that was 1999. Yeah, I try, I try and think of it in terms of, you know what, like, if, I guess at least this is a good sign that society is moving in a more tolerant direction. Yeah. The hope is that while we are still we're still not perfect today, we're at least we're getting better about not doing these types of jokes, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. it's like we're moving in the right direction, mm-hmm. slowly but surely. Yeah, but the that's like kind of like some some of the worst stuff about this movie. Out of the way, the awkward. Uh, objectification of uh, Crystal uh, these really bad takes on gender um, I, I oh god there's also the whole shit with Miss Miss Martinette oh my god okay <laughs> so this so the the film starts out with uh, with the daughter in in school and she's in a science class and she's trying to do a presentation on fairies and the teacher's like fairies don't exist they're not real you can't like this is a science class sit down child and like embarrasses her in front of the class which is its own can of worms but <laughs> so she does this and uh, I expected when she shows up at the the dad uh, that their house later to speak with the father um which is still a weird thing to do to be like oh she's obsessed with fairies blah 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 i you know what my brain said okay so she doesn't believe in fairies she's clearly uh, she like comes in and she's like i'm like okay a love interest for the dad because mm. he's gonna like he it's established his wife is gone so something's gonna happen with the fairies or something and he's gonna have to help them and there's gonna be like this arc and then she will help him with that in some way and 
then know that fairies are real and they all get together through this shared experience and that's going to be that arc. I gave the movie too much credit, apparently. You you did. And as you're saying this, I'm kind of starting to get a little annoyed because just in that... (laughs) Just in that theorizing, I think you've made a better movie. <laughs> like, it seems really obvious to me. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's the obvious arc here. Like, sh- she's the non-believer that doesn't like fairy stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's the, the the author who maybe doesn't believe in fairies, but is very into fairies. Mm-hmm. And supports his his daughter who misses her mom and... He misses his wife, and here's this, like, teacher who's very science-oriented and and wants the daughter to, you know, like, fight from fiction. And then they could have come together in this realization that magic is real and fairies are real, and together they have this secret as a family. Nope. Nope. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, and you could have had you could have had Crystal just be the thing, the person that brings them together. But instead, we get this awkward. It's not even a love triangle because, like, Tom, he's not interested in the teacher at all. No, not at all. And she kind of forces her. Not not kind of. She does force herself on him. Yeah, it's ugh, it's gross. And also, she's like. She's not interested until she comes back because mm-hmm. she goes to their place and he's like, he's like weirdly hiding all this fairy shit from her. Like, he's like, let's go talk in our office. And then she's like, yeah, I'm here to talk to you about your daughter who is obsessed with fairies and I think it's unhealthy. And he like opens the door to his office and looks in and it shows like all of the like, like posters of the cover art for his novels, which are all fairy related. And he's like, let's not talk in here. And then he's like trying to avoid showing her any of this fairy stuff. And I'm like, sir, you're clearly like an established author that makes your living on writing these children's books featuring fairies. Like, why are you being so weird about this? So cagey about it. It's weird because... Like, I obviously, I think what they're going for is that he he's embarrassed because he knows he's the reason why his daughter is so obsessed with fairies. But all you would have to do, like what you would what you would reasonably expect an adult yeah. person to do in this situation is to go, oh, geez, you know what? I, I, I think I know the reason why I'm an author. I do these books on fairies. I, I'm afraid Melissa is just you know she's just a big fan of my work i apologize i will i will yeah. speak to her and help her learn that there's science and then there is you know she has to be better about distinguishing between science and the magical stuff yeah it's one of those things where it's like yeah look listen this is this is what i've built my career on this is my mm-hmm. whole thing and she's been raised on this stuff M- Melissa is quite young too, so it's kind of understandable. Like she, yeah. she's just a little kid, and and I'm sure, you know, if if you're if you had a famous author dad who, I like, I get the impression that Tom is pretty big into fairy stuff. I don't know. I don't think he believes in it. No, but- I th- it's one of those things where he's probably just like, 
I like this lore stuff. Like, yeah. I, I like this sort of magical creature. And it's interesting to me. And I like writing stories about it. And I'm good at it. And I make mm-hmm. my living making these books. Yeah. And, like, he... He, he there's a, there's even kind of a few comments about how he bought his the, he bought the house they lived in because the woods out in the back they have a set of druid stones. Is that and a thing? I meant to look it up. Are druid stones a real thing? I assumed they were. I I assumed that was like Stonehenge kind of thing. Scotland. Standing stones, stone circles. Okay. Not me Googling things live on pod. Um, but yeah, he calls them druid stones. So it's, you know, he, he's into that lore stuff. He's into that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just, it, yeah, it is, it is, that's one of those scenes that make me feel like definitely this, this was a film meant for children because it's just a lot of Tom doing weird, goofy stuff to hide the various fairy uh, set dressing he has in his house because yeah. even when they go to the living room he has so he has a shirt on and the front of the shirt is plain but the back of the shirt has a I guess some fairy designs on it and he stands in front of a mirror and then he realizes that oh no the fairy design on my back is visible yeah and he, which is like a thing that makes no sense to me because why is the design of your t-shirt on the back where nobody can see it unless you were trying to set up a scene where the teacher <laughs> won't notice him wearing a fairy shirt until he turns around or is seen in the mirror. Yeah. Well, I've seen shirts where it's like the front will have like maybe a small design and the the back it has the big design. I've definitely <gasps> seen shirts like that, so that didn't strike me as too odd, but it okay. was very like okay, that's the gag here. But then he sits down and they're talking in his like living room and he's got a fairy on his mug that he's drinking coffee out of and his wind chimes have fairies and it's like <laughs> All right, man. I can't say shit. If someone came into my place, they'd be like, you obviously like owls, because I got owls on everything. And I don't even write books about owls. I just like owls. So it's just like, you know. To be fair, they are pretty sweet. I like owls. They're so so soft, too. I want to pet an owl so bad. I'm still jealous. Yeah, this is this is me uh, inserting (sighs) my, my humble break debris that I got to fucking pet some owls. God damn it. Pet owls. They're so fucking soft, Brie. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so mad. They're... One day. One day. One, One day. day. One day I will gently pat a barn owl. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, they were the softest. No! That's my favorite! <laughs> I love That's them! That's my favorite owl! I love them so much. <sighs> One day I will, we will go and pet some owls and then we will cap off the day by watching Grease 2. <laughs> If that's the price I must pay, <laughs> then I will pay it. Awesome. It's done. God. All right. But, um... Okay. Where were we? Oh, the teacher who sucks. But yes. Yeah, she, the, the second time she comes back to the house, she's all like... Because before, when she's teaching, she's wearing, you know, sensible teacher's clothing mm-hmm. and... Like, she has her hair done neatly and stuff like that. And the the time after she comes back, she looks like... 
she a, a spice girl yeah she uh she comes in like a red sort of sexy little dress and she's got her hair all tussled up and she comes back and she's like she's like i didn't realize that you're an author and a successful author and and stuff like this it's like why is that i am so embarrassed why didn't you tell me who you are tom nightingale well of course your daughter loves fairies i baked you cake you shouldn't have they um told me everything at the school i hope you don't mind successful author and recently widowed Oh, Tom, it hasn't been easy. Well. I, too, have known the loss of a loved one. Your husband? My cat, Pookie. Recently widowed, Recently successful actor. Widow. <laughs> yeah. Hot. And you're just like... Oh, <laughs> uh, Ma'am? It comes so out of nowhere, and yeah. it, it's just, and and like she flat out like says that she like she just found out from people at like the faculty at the school, and by doing that, it kind of like it doesn't put her in a good light because all of a sudden she went from being the strict teacher who was just like I I don't want you know your kid. To be spouting off about fairies in my class, which how she went about it, not super great, as you pointed out. Maybe don't like call out a kid in front of the entire class. Uh, that's kind of like a good way to make a kid hate teachers. Um, yeah, it's not, but that's a bad that's a bad way to do things. Yeah, ma'am. But otherwise, like you could, you, I could see, like yeah, like in your in your little hypothetical, I could definitely see. You start her off as, like, the no-nonsense strict teacher, and then you soften her up a bit over the course of the film. Instead, she comes across as... She she just found out that he's a successful uh, uh, author, and now she wants a piece of that pie, and she just starts hitting on him, laying it on really thick. Relentlessly. Relentlessly talking about how, oh, Tom, you must be so lonely. And and then uh, th- this all happens at Tom's house. And then Melissa and Crystal walk in. And Crystal, uh, you know, obviously Miss Martinet gets the impression of, oh, Crystal and Tom are together. And yeah. They could have, like, saved her a little bit in that they could have had it where she... Because she kind of gets this look on her face after she sees Crystal where it's, like... You could kind of think of it as an, oh, shit, like, she looks a little embarrassed. She just got caught trying to make moves on Tom while, you know, in front of what appears to be his girlfriend. Yeah. You could have just ended it there and, like, that's it. That's what she, you know... She embarrasses herself, and then the movie moves on and forgets about her. Um, but then we get a later scene in the, at the school when they're rehearsing the play. Which, oh for, for, first off, this play... <laughs> they're making these, like, f- six-year-olds do a Midsummer Night's Dream. 
Yeah, which I was, <laughs> I was kind of wondering, because like, like t- even Tom even comments on it. He's like, "Oh, like you're doing a play about fairies," and and Miss Martinet's like, "Oh, well, you know, it's just I. It's not that I don't like fairies. It's just that I don't like them in science class." But I can't help but wonder, like, did she pick this play because she oh, thought yeah. that it would appeal to Tom? Oh yeah, like that's and- definitely the impression I got. Like. I, I don't know what play they were doing before, but now they're doing A Midsummer Night's Dream because it stars fairies. Which is which is kind of wild because I it's been like Tom only knows Crystal for about a week. Like this Yeah This film has a pretty strict <laughs> timeline. God, and, yeah, the timeline makes no sense. Yeah, and so that would mean that in like the span of a week they go from uh, Miss Martinet deciding to set her sights on Tom, picking Midsummer Night's Dream as a play, teaching like these like third or fourth graders Shakespeare, and then they do the full uh, performance of the play within a week. Yeah, at the uh, like at the end of the week. Yeah. 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 So that's that's yeah, the, it's th- nonsense. No, yeah, and that's that's the thing that made me think like oh like. Is she was this already predetermined or no? This she's just bum rushing this play out in a week just to try. <laughs> maybe and get... maybe it was maybe it was the the play they were already doing. Maybe, but it I definitely got the impression from the film that she was just like fairies, you know, mm-hmm. fairies. And sh- you're a writer. It's a fairy play by Shakespeare. Yeah, Shakespeare. Uh, but. Like they're doing, they're doing the play, mm-hmm. and like she sees like Tom and Crystal show up for the rehearsal, and mm-hmm. then she's like, "Tom, can I speak to you alone?" And makes him like, she does this weird thing where she brings him into her classroom, and he sits like he sits down on one of the kids' tables because they're built for for, a t- for like six year olds, and she's mm-hmm. like. She gives him a look and he's like, okay. And then like sits in this tiny little chair and she's like, that's better. And like starts like writing on the blackboard like, Crystal is what I want to talk to you about today. How long mm-hmm. have you known her? Four days. And then writes that on the chalkboard like she's giving him some kind of, it's like a weird, yeah, it's a weird sequence. It's, yeah, it, it... <laughs> And this, and again, this comes after the scene where she sees Tom and Crystal and she gets that look of embarrassment on her face. And it's like, again, you could have just left it there. But now you're bringing it into the territory of like obsessive stalker who wants to break up a guy. And they're not officially dating at this point, but she obviously, she thinks that they are. So in her mind, she's like, I got to split these two up so that I could have Tom all to myself. And... Yeah, so she writes on the chalkboard. She comes up with this equation. Crystal plus amnesia plus nude plus police divided by four equals... Danger! Tom, danger. So you can tell this woman is really into science and facts and math. Yeah. Uh... Well, and she she finishes this up by telling Tom that Ugh. his his presumed relationship with Crystal won't last, and that he needs someone stable, and then someone who can teach him yeah. about Shakespeare. You're like, yeah, 
ma'am what the fuck jesus christ and then yeah so she she forces a kiss on him which because she has just asked this grown man to sit in a wee child's desk she like the weight of her leaning in and him completely like demolishes the desk so she ends up on top of him on the floor and she's still like trying to make out with him and and that's that it's and that's the point that that crystal walks in and yeah. so she sees Tom and Miss Martinet lying on the floor, like in what appears to be full like making out position. Uh, so then we get the nice, you know, misunderstanding story beat where she thinks that he's uh, in love with this or making out with his teacher, whatever. Mm-hmm. Even though she loves him after four days. Yeah, which that to like take a take a sidestep from the Miss Martinet creepiness. Um, yeah, their whole argument is so uncomfortable it's because so weird. They've known each other for four days, mm-hmm. and she's like, I don't know. She's clearly because she's a fairy. She doesn't know how human stuff works, so she's like cooking with flowers, and she's clearly like okay. She doesn't. She also doesn't know she's a fairy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like I know it's it's a fairy tale, and it's meant to be just like, don't think about it too hard. Yeah. But all I can think through this whole thing is that this like this nude amnesiac woman who's having delusions of being followed by someone who's going to hurt her in five days comes to your home and is like doing weird things to all your possessions and it's like yeah that's romantic man for sure yeah um definitely uh how that would work this is this is a healthy relationship that's for sure this is definitely healthy and good I'm just going to put it out there for everybody listening to this. Um, here's here's my hot tip for you. Don't try and start a relationship with an, an, an amnesiac person. Especially not one that shows up in the middle of the night nude on your doorstep. Yeah, who clearly is in some kind of distress. Maybe don't. Even if your daughter really, really wants them to stay at your house, probably best to like let the hospital look after them and make sure that they are getting the help they need. Yeah. Like, I, I, I get its part in the film. Mm -hmm. I, I get that it's, you know, cause she is a fairy and it is all real and stuff like that. But like any normal person, it's like, please take this person to somewhere that they will be safe and get the help they need. Well, what's weird is that at one point, so Crystal is brought to the hospital and then Tom goes home and he, we see him talking with uh, a police investigator. Right. Yeah. And so there's like a little scene where they're talking about Crystal and that's where she shows up after escaping the hospital. And, and the police officer is still there. Crystal shows up. Wearing the the like lab coat of a hospital staff member with yeah. literally an ID badge that says staff. And, well, and he asks her, he's like, "Did they re- like did they discharge you?" And she's like, "No, I was scared, so I left." 
Which is not, like... Yeah, it's not... You, you, you've you snuck out of the hospital. Yeah, the hospital where the doctor was specifically told Tom, we want to keep you here so that we could watch out for her. Yeah. And this scene happens in front of the police investigator who, I guess, is just like fine with tom letting her stay there because he just leaves he just leaves he's just like well your problem now i guess yeah like um peace out sir this is no yeah i don't know this woman like (laughs) no why are you leaving her in my house well, when she clearly needs to be in a hospital. Yeah, especially because like a few people kind of make comments too that they think that there's a chance that Crystal is just an obsessive fan of Tom's. Which, yeah, if you actually thought that, why would you allow this situation where she is now living with Tom and his young daughter? You know, it's just it's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, because that's what the police inspector says. He's like, "What if she's just like an obsessed fan?" Yeah. And then he just leaves her there. <laughs> like, okay, thanks for your help, officer. Thanks, uh, officer. Cool. Good job. Bye. Ugh. Bye. Yeah, so their their relationship, not super great. Um, the fight that they have just makes it worse because... Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so Crystal is upset about the thing with Miss Martinet and... Like, she, she specifically cites that it's pretty scummy to apparently make out with your daughter's teacher in the school classroom. And and at first, you're kind of on Tom's side, because you know that he didn't want the kiss. Um, yeah. But then, when Crystal starts to talk about how upset it made her to see the kiss with Miss Martinet, Tom launches into this really toxic counterpoint about how crystal quote can't seem to keep her hands off any man who comes near you referring to crystal's tendency to hug people when she first meets them well while we're talking about me maybe we can uh, discuss you afterwards hmm? what about me you can't seem to keep your hands off any man who comes near you Hello, Chief Inspector. How are you, Chief Inspector? So nice to see you, Chief Inspector. And the waiter, and that cab driver. I was just being friendly. Maybe you should try it sometime. Yeah, and it's shown. It's like, it's not just men. When she first meets Mrs. Martin at, at, at uh, when she's at the house, she also gives her a hug. Like, yeah. Well, she's just, she's, she just hugs people. But now it's like, you can't hug men. You're out here giving hugs to every man you meet. It's like, well, sir. I, like for yeah, it's so it's so freaking awkward because I mean, Ugh. neither of them are. They're not in a relationship with each other, and even if they were, that doesn't mean that you can't hug other people. Yeah, <laughs> like, ah, uh, it's just, and it's Ugh. that Crystal. Like, thankfully, Crystal at least calls out Tom. Like she was just being friendly, and she. This is where she accuses him of, of shutting people out, and that's kind of what gets Tom to then shout at her to get out of his life. Um, yeah. So Crystal runs off into the woods. Well, actually, she steals Tom's car, which was a weird touch. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. 
she she steals she doesn't Tom's... go very far no uh steals tom's car and then just drives a little ways down to this little bridge i guess that's just near his his property and that's where they have it's, it's so weird because this is like the scene where they would apologize especially tom should apologize like sorry that i was like yelling at you for hugging people that was a dick move on my part. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even say the words, I'm sorry. He just kind of like walks up to her and he starts making jokes about her stealing his car. Yeah. And it just <sighs> is, they they basically, like they kind of talk a bit more about Tom's uh, late wife and Crystal makes this kind of, this comment about how, she's like, she asked Tom, you know, do you think there's there's a chance that anybody there's anybody out there who could love me as much as you loved your wife? Which feels like a weird thing to say to somebody who's yeah, clearly in mourning. And then it it culminates in Crystal almost falls off the bridge, but then Tom saves her and and oh, as they fell after he hoisted her on the off on the bridge, they she falls on him and then he kind of just like there's a moment where they're about to kiss and he starts like rubbing her shoulders. But then the, they get interrupted because the parking brake on the car wasn't set. And it rolls. Yeah, and it rolls and they just kind of laugh. And then it's like, I guess they're together now. I guess they're together now. I guess that's how relationship work. I guess. Question um, mark. I guess they love each other now because yep, we see. Now it's we- true love. Yeah, it's true love. We saw them get jealous at each other uh, for being with other people. Speed um, running true love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Th- th- yeah. Those those speed run stats. <laughs> Any percent. Yeah, the world record for relationships. <laughs> I I'm mean, gonna... not really. I've seen them faster in other mil- movies, but uh, yeah. it's still. You got to get that no clip in there to get the, the world record time. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, yeah, after that, after that, they're just now kind of together, I guess. Now they're in love forever. Yeah. Yeah. And Miss Martinet still like she she still plants a kiss on Tom. Uh, at, at, the, his... at the birthday party that is not mentioned before that. No. At all. You'd think Zero that. Zero percent. You think that that would get a mention that somebody somebody would say, "Oh, your birthday's coming up. What would you like to do, Tom?" Yeah, even even a, a passing comment from one of the characters earlier in the film to establish that the birthday was happening cuz otherwise it, he comes home the next day, I guess. Yeah. From somewhere, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and she's standing there wearing like a fairy costume and he's like wow that's pretty and then they're about I think they're about to kiss again and then everyone's like surprise it's your birthday we did a costume party we're all dressed up like characters from your book and yeah. it's like oh, oh that's what's happening okay alright it's surprise sure. birthday yeah and it's they really didn't have to make it a surprise birthday party. They could have just said, oh, Crystal just decided to throw you a party because you have been stuck in your house moping for months on end and she just wanted to do something nice to you to show you that your friends love you. Yeah. Like, there. Right there. Yeah. Uh, no. There's, oh. other, 
other parties you could do besides birthday parties? <laughs> Surprise birthday party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Good. What what do you think about the ending with Miss Martinette apparently going um, Oh my god. It's weird. I I hate that. I just, I just everything about her makes me upset. Yeah. And like the whole like she saw a fairy do magic. So now she's clearly lost her mind and needs to get taken away. Yeah. Loses like, her es- job. Escorted off the premises, loses her job because she has a, a she's had a mental breakdown and yeah. only cares about fairies now. It's like, well, cool. Thanks, movie. Great. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's again, it's all like kind of played for laughs. Nobody cares that it's all all just to set up the end where somehow Crystal comes back as and she somehow has so she they gave her back her memories, her magic, and I guess set her up with a teaching degree. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a teacher now. Don't worry about it. It's 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 yeah. fucking fine. Whatever. Cuz like cuz she dies at the end. And there's like this line at the beginning when he's reading uh, a book that he wrote to his daughter about how like fairies don't die, they turn into stars. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So like Crystal air quotes dies uh, after they <laughs> after the average human man destroys the collector, um, she dies from protecting Melissa and she floats up and turns into a star. You're like, mm-hmm. oh okay, all right, and then she just shows up again. No, she's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. She's, she's back. Fine. She's back. She's fine. She's a human uh, with magic still. and uh, a teaching degree. Mm -hmm. And now she's the teacher at the school and you can live happily ever after. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. That was was real easy, which like, to to be fair, I can kind of understand the, okay, she, the spell worked, she gets, she gets to come back as a human. That I could buy. I could even kind of buy the Oddkin and Bodkin give her back her memories. Like, it's kind of a stretch, but it's like, okay, it's a kid's movie. I guess. Why not? Why do they give her back her magic? I don't. What is she going to do with that now? (laughs) Like, is she technically still a fairy? Like, did they just... Did they I, just bring her back as a fairy, or and I missed a line, or no? I'm pretty sure. I I'm pretty sure that it was the spell that she is now mortal. But oh, y- yeah, it's just that they let her keep her magic for some reason. We don't even see her using her magic at the end of the film. It's not like she really would need it for anything. I guess I just I don't know. Odkin and Bodkin were just like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it, honestly. Let's just go get some fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, they're Fuck the it. most relatable characters in this movie. Honestly, best part of the movie in in general. Hmm. Like, not for all of it. There's definitely some shitty things from Odkin and Bodkin, too. But, like, yeah. overall... Yeah, so they, I, we could probably go into them a little bit. Um, yeah. So Odkin and Bodkin are, uh, so they are, they're like garden gnomes sent 
from Fairy World that are also somehow the garden gnomes that are in Tom's front yard. I assumed that they were sent from Fairy World and just sort of manifested via the gnomes. Okay. I I could be wrong. I don't know. That's just, that's what my brain told me. Yeah, that would make some sense. While looking for sense, yeah. (laughs) But, um, so they, so they are played by two, uh, little people actors. And as a result, there are, like, some kind of weird jokes that I, I don't, I don't know, they feel a little weird to me. Where they're, like, they, of course, they feel the need to, like, make jokes about their height. Um... Which, I don't know, kind of feels unnecessary. Yeah, but again, we look at the time frame. Yeah. Not jokes that would fly these days, but... Well, yeah, they just feel like they're so, like... You know, like, they... So they're in the holding cell, and the collector fakes a arrest warrant for the both of them. And so it prints out on the police fax machine, and... Like I think we've all kind of seen the the stereotypical like a uh, mugshot lineup where they're in front of the height chart so you could see the numbers beside them. Yeah. And, and so the facts prints out and the picture of Odkin and Bodkin, the the photo that is on the uh, uh, on the facts is like you can just kind of barely see their heads at the very bottom of the picture frame because of course yeah. the, they're they're small and so that's the joke. Is that you, you got to show how small they are against the, the height chart? The joke is that they're small. Mm-hmm. The joke is that they are short, or then the camera would pick. I so it's just it, yeah. <sighs> it just feels like a little like it, it's it kind of lazy. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I I think otherwise though, like the movie does like treat them like pretty respectfully. Or at least yeah. other other characters do. Yeah. I guess is a better way to put it. The movie itself, the the invisible hand of the writer, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are at le- they are at least helpful to Tom. And like they do want they aren't here as bad guys. They do want Crystal to be happy and safe is the main thing. Yeah, because they know that if they can't find her, then the collector will get her. Mm -hmm. Which just... (sighs) Side tangent. This fucking guy just apparently has free roam of, like, the mortal realm. And, like, there's apparently some kind of weird agreement that a fairy can only stay there for five days or else he gets... He is just, like, unrestricted access to just kill them essentially yeah. like to murder a fairy and they're like he's from the dark forces and you're like i don't know what that means yeah but, like, the, uh, like the devil did the, the devil like the underworld yeah like the, the 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 lower planes of existence like where are you ta- are you talking yeah. about the okay the cr- the collector is honestly like probably one of the better things about this movie because <laughs> he is like he's played so cartoonishly. Oh, and I, it's so silly. I I should mention. Um, so I I haven't seen Lost, Brie. I don't know if you have, but um, I have not. 
So the guy that plays <gasps> the collector, his name is Jeff Fahey, and he he went on to play the character Frank Lapidus in in Lost. Oh wow! Oh my god! <laughs> well, I mean, good for him. Yeah, you t- moving up. He, I hope he had a better hair situation in, in oh Lost. Oh my god, the wig on this man! I love the I love it's the wig in this. So bad. It's so bad, and it's so like, like it's it's like darkish, and then there's like streaks of white, but the white yeah. looks like it was like you know at Halloween when you go to Spirit Halloween, yeah, 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 yeah. and you pick up like this spray can of hair paint that you just sort of spray in for the night. Yeah, that's that's what they and did it- to this man's wig. And because it's like spraying, it doesn't quite cover it. It yeah. doesn't quite cover it, and it it's so like the whole wig is so stiff. Yeah, like, there's no movement in this man's hair. No. It's just this incredibly stiff, painted wig. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. buddy. And, and every every time he talks, he's like, he talks like this. With like yeah, a- they've put like a reverb on his voice, so he sounds really menacing. And he's wearing these big flowing robes, and he's just like all super mysterious and spooky. Oh, he looks like an evil sorcerer. Mm-hmm. But he's just like a dude that's like <laughs> he teleports. Yeah. The so we see at one point in the film we see an example of uh, what the collector will do once Crystal's time is up. So he he runs across another fairy who's overstayed her time in the human she world. She's just she- like apparently working as a janitor somewhere. Yeah. Like she's just a, a like a woman who is just like a a pretty blonde lady who's working as a janitor. Yeah, just trying to live her life. Yeah. And the collector comes after her and so we see uh, him using using magic to capture her essence in a bottle. Um which is great because we we see we see the collector. He has many bottles. He's got a collection, oh, so many, so oh, many. Oh, oh. and they're and they're all filled with spirits of fairies. And what I love is that he has one, and it literally has Crystal's name yeah, written on he, it. He's printed out a nice little label for it already. Yeah. Oh, he's so with, like he's... beautiful calligraphy that he clearly would have to like just sit somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, he's so ready for it, and oh, and there's there's a great moment. So you see, so he collects this fairy's uh, essence, and he's kind of like he has this moment where he's he's like looking at all of his bottles, and he's looking at the one with Crystal's name on it, and you don't really get a good sense of where he is. Because yeah, where the, is he? It's well, this is the thing is that I, so at first, like you're you're seeing him and his bottles, and the background's all out of focus, and then. All of a sudden, a security guard walks in the room. So he, it turns out that he's in some random ass building. And, yeah. <laughs> and he just decided to, he's just crouched on the ground around his, his bottles. Because he just wanted to take a second to look at them, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I'd have to imagine he has some kind of, like, lair? Maybe. Some kind of place that he lives? But he didn't go back there. With no. his ability to teleport that he apparently has, he just went to like some random ass building and pulled out all yeah. his bottles and set he up did... a bunch of candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that that's, <laughs> I love that moment is that there's all these <laughs> candles around and it's very clear this is not like a random. This is not a feature of this building. These candles are not normally there, 
Especially because they're all lit. And he gets yeah. up. It almost after... looks like a little factory or like a, like where they would, because there's big vats and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know what they make there. It's It looks like a manufacturing something. Something. And which first off, it's great because the security card, the security guard comes in and he's like, who the hell are you? And then the collector makes like a, he tries to do his best spooky face. Oh, it's so spooky. It's so spooky, and you know it's spooky because there's a big green light that comes yeah. on. <laughs> oh, it's so goofy. And 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 so the the security guard gets scared off because it's it's a kid's it's movie. Spooky, yeah. Spooky, and and so yeah. Then the collector gets up to go and leave, and then he dramatically stops to pause, and then. So he could do like a swoosh hand movement to like dramatically like extinguish all the all candles. All the candles go out. <sighs> Looks so cool. So spooky. Oh my god, what an evil man. <laughs> He's Such... so dark and evil. And nobody knows there's no way you could possibly ever defeat the collector except if you just steal his necklace and smash it. Yeah. Yeah. His necklace that nobody even mentioned he had. <laughs> well, because. Because we know that fairies have the necklace that are, like, the source of their power. But I I assumed he was not a fairy. Yeah. Because uh, he's a collector from the dark side. Maybe they meant, like, the, the unseely court of the fae, so he is a fairy. And, like, is the one that makes sure that none of the seely court... Which would be the the pretty little blonde fairies oh. <coughs> uh, can stay in the mortal world too long? Maybe I'm reading way too much into this, and he's just a, a, a demon man that also had a pendant that no one talked about. Yeah, that, maybe. Um, plain ass McHuman <laughs> man was able to just take off of his neck during a scuffle, which was great because it was just. I uh, Tom just kind of throws himself on the collector and he gets immediately knocked back and it's just he would have no time to rip that necklace off. Oh no. And and I it's just and it's like it's under several layers of clothing. Yeah, again like we never you need an established shot, god damn it. <laughs> we we need to know that the collector has this <laughs> necklace or yeah, something. Just- anything and then yeah it's just i i no no one before who knows how many fairies the collector has killed nobody ever thought to just steal his necklace and smash it no no just just tom yeah he's the only one and I guess now fairies are free to go live in the the mortal world, or is there? Are I there? Yes. What was the agreement? Who was the agreement with? Was it with him? Yeah. Was he the only? Was he so powerful that no fairy dare dare cross him? Who? But who he still s- gives them five days. Yeah. Who set up these rules? <laughs> What's the? God. What have happened? <laughs> we just don't know. Yeah. I I will say, I will mention, so one moment with Odkin and Bodkin and the collector that I like, and it's kind of, it's it's a little, it's not super great because it is a, another, like, 
bad joke about their height or reference to their height, but um, the collector is kind of kneeling on the ground and Oddkin and Bodkin run up and they're here to help. And uh, Oddkin makes a comment about how the collector is uh, like just their size. And then the collector stands up and reveals that he is not, not in fact their size. And Oddkin and Bodkin kind of like give a weird look and you and you kind of think okay they're gonna do like a comical like they're gonna run away because they're cowards or something but they yeah. no and you know what in no they actually they do try it doesn't do anything but yeah. they do try and like punch this dude and they're kick like collect him. this <laughs> yeah punch like, him <laughs> yeah and it's like i kind of i don't know i just appreciated it because again they are like they are trying to advocate for crystal and yeah they are, like, nice dudes, so if they're gonna help, they are going to try and help, even if this big spooky man in, in a bad uh, Munster's wig, um, <laughs> you know, is severely overpower- could severely overpower them. Uh, yeah, like, they're- they're not- they're not antagonists, they're just- they're just there doing their job, and they're mm-hmm. the characters that are that are for the comic relief, and then they show up at the end to like try and help, and it's like, all right, yeah, these guys are okay. Yeah, they're like that brand of comic relief where they are also there, like they're not just meant to be laughed at. It is like a big part of their character to be the funny, like silly people, but they have a purpose in the plot. They're here to help the heroes. And they seem like cool dudes. So it's like, yeah. you know what? I like them. I like these guys. <sighs> yeah. God. I took so many... I took so many notes. <laughs> but some of them... I think we've... I think we've pretty much hit all of them. I I have a few... I have a few random notes myself. We, we've definitely covered the main big ones. Um... Yeah, I just have a collection of just some random shit that I wanted to talk about. Um, first off, why the fuck are there children manning the fly ropes at the play? I also was just looking at my note on that. Because, like, they're doing this 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 play, and yeah. Melissa, at the very end, gets, like, strapped into a, a harness on a rope that gets hauled into the- So she can fly like a little fairy at the very end while everyone's leaving the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it shows that the, the, the rope is being pulled by, like, two ten-year-old boys. Yeah. And you're like, who, what? <laughs> who did this? Who, who okayed that? this? Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> Jesus, Miss Martinet, was that your fault? Could, you couldn't find one adult no. to do this rope? Apparently not. I kind of picture it too. Like she probably made Melissa have that part. Like she wanted, that's part of her plan to win Tom over. It's like, Oh ooh, yeah. Ooh, look, I did a special thing for your daughter where she yeah. gets, to, she gets to be the one lifted. Wow. Um, aren't I cool? You should make out with she, me. She also is playing peas blossom. She's not playing like the queen. No. She's playing peas blossom, which is another fairy in, but not like, She's not playing one not of the main, the main characters. No. But she's the one that gets to fly at the end. Yeah. It's, again, it's just... I guess her audition wasn't good enough to be the queen of the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Martin. Martin looking at, like, 
the cast list like oh i can't put her in the lead but yeah i, I can what else can i do to make her father impressed <laughs> i could i i want to sh- i want to share this memory for you because i i never get a chance to talk about it um, oh please do it's so back in elementary school my school put on a version of a midsummer night's dream uh-huh um, and it must have been a truncated version or something because they decided that everyone in the entire school would be in the play what yeah so how it worked is that every student got a single line and so we were all in the gym and and huh. i f- I forget if there was a microphone or if we just had to stand up from where we were seated to shout our line across the gym. But yeah, we each, everybody in the school got an entire line and we were also responsible for our own costumes. And I was supposed to be wearing a tunic or something, but the only thing that my family had that was close was my mother's bright pink satin bathrobe. <laughs> So amazing i just I, incredible I, I remember standing up in the gym in this bright pink satin bathrobe and and i and i said here peter quince <laughs> and that's it that was my sole fucking line three fucking words <laughs> you fuckers i was mad then i mean i'm still mad now <laughs> Why did Colin get a full sentence? And I got three words. That's not fair. Oh, no. It's not fair, Mr. McKenty. God. What a terrible way to do that. Why? It was was fucking miserable. It was fucking miserable. Sitting on the hardwood gym floor for God knows how long. Why would they do that? Oh, who the fuck knows? And I don't... I get get it if it was an opt-in thing. Like, hey, anyone who wants can do one line. Or, like, anyone can wants who can sign up and will figure out how many lines each person gets. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Having one line from every child in the school yeah why <laughs> not fair what's the what? and i don't even remember if parents were there or if this was just like a weird thing that the school did just to entertain the other students what the hell i don't know <laughs> i I don't. Oh, rem- I don't remember wow. that. I don't remember that part, but I sure remember that we did not do this shit again the next year. Oh, good. They they probably <laughs> said th- that was fucking terrible. We learned our lesson. They figured out what the fuck. Yeah. Here, Peter Quince. That's <laughs> it. I couldn't tell you any other quote from uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream, but I could tell you that line. Oh my god. That's that is a that is a wild thing. <laughs> I, I'm glad I finally had occasion to share that story. <laughs> That's the whole reason we did this, isn't it? I'm not gonna lie. It was that was one of the first things that I wrote in my notes. <laughs> oh, good. Wow. 
Thank you. Oh. One of the few other things that I have in my notes that I just, to, to like end this on a weird note, did, what the fuck was in the woods that kept screaming? <gasps> I also had a note on this, on the weird like sound effect. So every time they showed you the outside of Tom's house, there was a horse neighing. Yeah. Never a horse on screen. Don't worry about it. There is a horse there. And then every time they're in the woods, there's like this sound. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounded like a woman screaming. Come on, hurry. Okay. Yes. what it is is have you ever heard a fox screaming no is that that's what they I make like a weird like <laughs> oh my god so i think it might have been a fox because it's the english countryside so they there's probably lots of fucking foxes running around it was just what the fuck i just oh yep because I, yeah, like the first time I, the first time I heard it, you could hear it uh, at least once when Crystal and Tom are talking on the bridge and uh-huh. I, and I heard it and I kind of just assumed like, is that somebody in the parking lot? What the fuck was that? <laughs> I just forgot to edit out that background noise. Yeah. No, or so- I think it, I think it was on purpose. I think it's like a fox or something. Because if you look, if, if you listen to like fox noises, just YouTube fox yell or fox yeah. screaming or maybe not that one. What, what does the fox What does say? the fox... No, you're going to get something <laughs> else with that. But if you hear what a fox sounds like when they make like a loud screamy noise, I think that's what it was. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be completely off base. It could be something else. It, it that's shows all that... I could think of because every time they're in the woods, they use that sound effect. Yeah, like there's just some random ass fox that like was just ruining all the takes and I guess they must have just got frustrated. They're just like, fuck it, just keep going. Oh no, I imagine they've got like a tape of like ambient noise. That, oh, like... you think you think they added it in post? Yeah, man. <laughs> I I think it must be like <laughs> that forest they wanted, sounds that, that they, they had to that? Oh my god. That they put in afterwards. Cause like also, like the horse neighing every time you see the outside of the house, I imagine yeah. must be just like, like country estate ambiance, because it's almost the same horse neigh every time. And he doesn't, he doesn't have a horse. And there's no horses. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. So I, I, I think they must have like, just like a royalty free disc of like tracks. Oh my god. That they had from the the wildlife. Why? Also, though, you know what? Maybe it was just animal noises in the background because I don't know. Because apparently, it's part of this was filmed in South Africa. Okay, it's what it said in in the uh, credits. So maybe there's some kind of creatures that what hang out and live in the forests of South Africa. It was just, I it was so about. weird. It's like, so weird. Tom, like the background animal noises. Yeah, just the screaming. 
And especially because it, it happens a few times when they're running yeah. through the woods to get to the ceremony site and the collector is following them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, is somebody, like, is Crystal screaming? What the hell? But then it cuts to, you'll see, you see Crystal, Tom, and Melissa, and they get to the ceremony site and you still hear it. And it's yeah. like, okay, no, it's just weird noise somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's just some kind of weird animal sound in the background. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, no, I definitely have the note, the fuck is that sound effect? Is that a screaming fox? <laughs> God. I was like, what the hell is that? It keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, that's... I okay. guess most of my other notes we've covered, like, okay, please, like a normal human could, I don't know, get her help, get her some... Some help somewhere, mm-hmm. not just take her home. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm cynical as hell, I guess, but y'all only known each other for a week. Yeah. <laughs> Agent of darkness feared by all fairies, bested by one average human dude. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. The only, the only additional thing I have to add is that apparently I have the same hairbrush as Melissa. <laughs> I have you had it since the year two thousand? No, not the no. So my it's so Melissa. You just see a, a quick shot of her brushing her hair in the beginning of the film when Tom comes up to um, uh, like read her the bedtime story, and it's a silver plated brush with kind of ivory colored bristles. And my <laughs> my grandmother. F- had this brush there's also a comb and a mirror that matches it and she gave it to me and oh i use it as decoration for the the princess movie nights <laughs> but i was amazing wa- i was just watching it and i was like what the fuck is that the is that the fucking hairbrush what the and it you know like this is uh. a, this is like dvd quality so it's like i guess i can't say for certain but like it looks pretty fucking exact from this like what i could see of it oh man so it's yeah screen matched amazing <laughs> it's weird now you, gonna... now you have another movie prop and you didn't even have to make it yeah it's you know i'm gonna <laughs> now i'm gonna think of this fucking movie every time <laughs> I... oh yeah. no thanks grandma Thanks, Christy's grandma. Yeah. Shout out to my grandma. (laughs) God. But yeah, I think that's... We should wrap this up. Yeah. I gotta go. All right. I gotta watch something good. Or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, go watch watch something that makes up for... I mean, if we could give... I guess we want to get back to giving recommendations. This is one. I don't know. I I don't know if I would recommend it. Like I, I can't. Like it's not. It's I. There was definitely points in this one where I was bored. Yeah. Just I was like, can we please move on? Can we get something going with the plot, please? Yeah. So I don't know if I could recommend this for like a watch party. I think this would be kind of a snoozer. I I did show this to my my viewing group a few years ago and yeah. 
it wasn't a standout of the night, but I remember like people like we there was enough to make fun of that I think That's we were able fair. to get through it. That's fair. I, it would be like it would have to be an early evening pick. Oh yeah, because then you still have the energy for everyone to be on the ball and really making jokes. If you tried to to cap off the evening with this one, people would be asleep. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very good point. This is like maybe a good one to put on uh, while people are still arriving, or if somebody comes. Yeah, in late. it's like an ease in kind of like you don't you don't want to. It doesn't matter if you catch this whole film. You can yeah. you can jump in wherever and still be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I I there we go. That's yeah. the recommendation with with that caveat. Yeah. So that's there we go. All right. <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, if you have any recommendations for movies or any comments or suggestions for the podcast, you could feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. We'll be posting clips uh, of this movie on the official Twitter account that we have, which is just at badprincessmov. And if you would like to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies I have in my collection, you can do that at badprincessmovies.com. So I've got just kind of an ongoing list of the movies that I have, uh, movies that I have collected over the years. And you could read up little, little summary blurbs of them. You can, you can just take a gander through Christie's incredible collection. Yes, it's not it's not a hundred percent complete to my collection because I am kind of lazy. I'm not gonna That's lie. Fair. That's fair. But there are there are definitely some movies that are on there that uh, we will be covering on the podcast in the future. So, oh boy, yeah. If you see one on there that looks like fun that we haven't uh, gotten to yet, and you want to bump it up the ahead of the line, you can always mm. uh, request yeah. that. Just either let us via know. email or via Twitter. Exactly. But uh, with that, I think that is it for this one. So we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks. Believe in fairy magic. I do believe in fairies. I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> we did it. We saved. We, did we, it. we saved Tinkerbell. Oh, good. All right. Was that from Peter Pan or from Hook? Uh, That was from Peter Pan, wasn't it? Yeah, Peter Pan. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen Hook for a while. Anyway, bye! (laughs) (laughs) Bye! That's a good place to end it. (laughs) 